God bless you, by the way. Thank you. God is good. Hey, the geography has changed just a little bit. I'm going to have to take the right or the left. I'm going to go for a run here. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Today we're going to be exploring the image of God. What is your image of the Father? How does he appear in your mind? You say, well, I don't. I, uh, you know you've done it at one time or another, and I don't encourage you to have imaginations that, that you could possibly imagine what God looks like, but you've done it nonetheless. I want to teach you how to do so biblically, and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, if you'll turn there, if you have your Bibles. And you can turn on your Bible app. That's fine with me. If your face is glowing, I'll just pretend that it's the Shekinah glory that Moses had on the mount. And the ushers will come and put a sack over your head so everybody else can, can possibly... <laughs> Stand it. Genesis chapter number one, verse 26. And brother, would you go ahead and throw my first PowerPoint panel up there if you would. As we look in Genesis one, you see the many places before we get to verse 26 where God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be waters. And God said, let there be the heavens and the earth. And may there be a division. And let God said, let the earth bring forth uh, living creatures after his kind and cattle and creeping things and all of these things. But then we get to verse number 26. And in all the other verses where God created and things just flew out of his mouth, he gets to verse 26 and he has a conference. There's a council. The other places there is no council. He doesn't talk to anybody. But verse 26, he starts to talk to somebody else. And God said, let us. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, man, have dominion, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female, create, created he them. Would you just look to the Lord with me right now, and would you call upon this God who created everything? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have ordained this day that we could be here, that we could call upon your name, learn more about you, and find out, Lord, that you created us in your image. Father, I thank you today, Lord God, and I pray that you would infuse within me, Lord God, the true image of God, that I could fulfill my mission that you have given me to do. These things we ask in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, and everyone said, Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor before you sit down and tell them you're looking successful?
You may not have felt successful when you arrived here today, but before you go, if you will take this word of God to heart, you're going to realize that you have been built for success. Have any of you ever gone on YouTube and looked around and and looked up uh, sports cars like uh, the Maserati or the Ferrari or uh, some of these other really, really nice sounding cars? That brother back there, I know, I know he's done that. Well, some of those cars have a V12 in them. And, and just when they're idling, I can remember in San Francisco, so San Francisco, I can say it. My wife and I were driving uh, back from uh, the aquarium or the zoo, and we were making our way down to Fisherman's Wharf to have dinner. And I stopped at a stoplight in town, and all of a sudden I heard thunder behind me. And it just sounded like a race. Somebody had something that was running on alcohol. It was popping and cracking, and I look, and he's low to the ground. He's, he's got a low center of gravity, and it had to be like a Maserati V12. And it sounded like he was going 100 miles an hour, and he was sitting behind me. God has created you to be successful, not to be a wreck. Not to be somehow deformed and defected in how you look at yourself. But God has created you to be awesome, to be dynamic, to carry his word and to carry his image and to be a success in this life. Can somebody say amen? Now we know... That Jesus Christ has always been. If you didn't understand that, you need to be in our class that we have. In fact, next week's lesson, or the the week after Super Bowl, two weeks, is going to be talking about the nature of Jesus Christ. He's altogether man. He's altogether God. But he is absolutely eternal, alpha and omega. All the way back further than you can think, he never had a beginning. I'm talking about Jesus now. But Jesus chose to take up the body of a man. And in that glorified body, he will forever be. So when you think about Jesus, you can think about an olive skinned man uh, of Hebrew culture, of Hebrew feature. Probably his hair's not as short as mine. I don't know, but I don't think so. And uh, however you want to envision this wonderful God, this wonderful human being who is altogether both, not part, not mixed, but altogether both. Can you say amen this morning? But when you think about the Father, what do you think about? Would you go to the uh, next? We have uh, the waterfall, and there's another waterfall that I found on the internet. But how do you view God? We believe in one God eternally existing in three persons, namely... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We do not believe in three gods. We believe in one God, Elohim, Jehovah. 
Yahshua, however you want to say it, he is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So do you view God as three still pictures, or do you view him as a flowing person, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in constant motion, instead of Thinking about God as three still pictures in your photo album. Oh, here's a picture of the Father. Here's a picture of the Son. And here's one of the Holy Spirit. You begin to think, if you want to think biblically, more like a flowing video to bring it down to a cogent contextual thing for you and I today. We always have video. We always have movies. And when you view God as an interaction of three persons, yet one God, it has to be more where you can't define one from the other visually. Now go ahead and hit the next animation. There's a Greek term talking about this flow and this intimate relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't pretend to speak Greek, but this one word today, it's called perichoresis. It's a Greek term, which means intimate union. We're talking about God now. Mutual indwelling, mutual interpenetration. It is really, as the theologians would say, a dance of love that is going on all the time between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are self-aware. The Father realizes He's the Father. The Son realizes He's the Son. The Holy Spirit realizes He's the Holy Spirit. But three persons, only one essence. He said, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I'm glad you're thinking that way because it's difficult for a finite human being to imagine three persons, one God. But let's break it down. How about you? God made you in his image, your body, soul, and spirit. Well, how are you getting around? You feel just fine. He made you that way. And he made you to be a success. Hit the next one, please. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the arrows as best I could put up there for you, is representing that there is a constant flow. Now go ahead and hit it again. I hope the animation works this time. It should bring up an image in the middle. It's not working. My, my animation's not working. I don't know if I can even continue this serving. Brother Jeff, I'm really feeling nervous now. Do I look nervous? I, I didn't want to go to that yet, but that's fine. Go ahead and try it again. Go forward again if you would. I don't know. We're going to have to get our uh, computer programs to agree. This here is Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel painting. Now, you notice because of modesty, I put a little leaf <laughs> in a particular place because I didn't want to incite some kind of ride in here. I talked to my wife this morning at breakfast, and I said, do you think I ought to make that little leaf spin? You know, there's some kind of animation because I could have done that for you. But Michelangelo was 
was given the task by the king, the emperor, and the pope at that time to paint a, a painting depicting the creation of Adam. Well, there's something wrong with this picture now. Adam, I wish I looked like Adam. I wish my abs were ripped. He's got like a six-pack. I've got a one-pack. And, and he's quite the specimen. But who is that? Who is that up there in the right-hand picture? Kind of looks like an older Adam. But I'm telling you that is biblically incorrect. Go ahead and go to the next one, please. The image of God. How are we created the image of God if we don't look like him? Take a look at your neighbor. Does that look like God to you? If if you're looking at me, you're sorely disappointed. (laughs) Go to the next image and then we'll be through with this thing. God is not a large human being. He is not, you won't find it anywhere in scripture. Your image of God has very little to do with the vessel you're walking around in. My own self, when we, when we talk about the eyes of the Lord, the hands of God, the arm of God, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro, seeking out a people who will pray and, and seek his face. A big, a big theological word is anthropomorphic. In other words, where the writer was ascribing to God things that you can relate to, the hand of God. But God's hand doesn't look anything like that. God's eyes doesn't look anything like my eyes. Some of you are sitting there stupefied this morning. Then what are we talking about? Let's go to the word of God. Jesus said, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth of about it is the father doesn't want you trying to imagine anything about his shape and his form. The truth is God created everything that is out there and only what you see is about three trillion stars. But there are billions of other galaxies beside this cluster of three trillion stars at night. There are billions upon billions upon billions of galaxies beyond our Milky Way. Andromeda is the next closest. And the closest star in the southern hemisphere is four and a half light years away. Do you think God is six foot tall, hands like a man? How big is your God and how powerful is your God? Think about for just a moment the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made to be forever embodied in the body of a glorified human being. Possessing all power that he had before and has now. All power. You see, it has nothing about to do with size. That doesn't matter at all when it comes to God. Here's another fact that you need to get inside of your your heart today. You can have the full presence of God in your life, in your heart. 
Your tiny little heart doesn't have a portion of God, doesn't have his thumbnail, doesn't have a hair follicle if there be such a thing. You have all of the presence and the power of God dwelling in your heart. Can you give him praise and glory? Then how are we created in his image? If God doesn't look something like me, and there there are people that will contend with that, but I just don't see it in the Word of God. If, if, If the Father doesn't look anything like this, and I would be sorely disappointed, how are we created in his image? You have to look to the aspects that he was talking about. He took counsel. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had a conference. Let us. Didn't worry about the cattle, the insects, the sun and the moon and the stars. That just happened exactly. But now let's take time out and make this really, really special. If you wasn't feeling really special before you came in here, you should before you leave. God took time when he created Adam. Let us make Adam in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. Did you hear that? Let him have dominion. Oh, oh, over the ant. Uh, oh, over the aardvark and, and, and maybe over a rhinoc- rhinoceros occasionally. No, over everything. Over everything. Over everything. Somebody say amen. If you're not getting excited about this, you, you haven't been in the word of God. He created you to have dominion over everything. He created you to have the job that you've got and the better one he's going to give you. Here's something else. Jesus said, speaking for the father, I am the way, the only way, the truth, and the life. In the image of God, God's people always tell the truth. On your taxes, to your spouse, to your boss, you don't. Pull out your phone early Monday morning. (laughs) I don't think I'll be in today. Feeling pretty naked. You do that. And you start telling people what God is not about. You start showing people everything that God doesn't do. God always tells the truth. God always gives you exactly the truth so you can deal with it. And if you want to come out of any kind of bondage and break the yoke that the enemy has thrown upon you, you've got to reflect the image of God in your life and always tell the truth and get out of bed on Monday morning and go to work. Did it 
for 40 years, got up and went to work like Jen did this morning, got up when she was sick and come to the house of God and did her job. I, if I was not going to make it to work, I was hugging that big white porcelain object in the bathroom. And that was the only reason I wasn't going in. So at the end of my career, when I was ready to retire, I took three months of sick leave, them knowing all about it, and stayed home and actually retired three months early. How else are we created like God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're in communion all the time. That perichoretic dance of love is going on all the time. Constant communication, dynamic, constant uh, union, constant relationship. You want to be like God? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I love you. You want to be like the family of God? You've got to love one another. I'm not talking about eros love. I'm talking about agape love. I'm talking about Philadelphia love, brotherly love, sisterly love, where we love one another and we bound together in unity. That is being created in the image of God. We had some Pentecost going on this morning. You read Acts chapter 2. And it says, they were all in one accord. They were all in one place. And suddenly, as of a rushing mighty wind, the Holy Spirit fell on those 120 people. Why? Took them 10 days to get it right. But they finally started to love one another, to pray in the same venue, and to, and to call upon the Lord with one accord, you've got to have relationship and community, not just in your body, soul, and spirit, but with one another. Another way, God always keeps his word. Not only does he never tell a lie, but when he says something, he gets it done. There's people I've known through life that will start something and within a few months, they stop it, whether it's uh, ice skating lessons or uh, uh, the guitar or saxophone or whatever it is that you've got to stick with to learn. And, and then about three months into it, they quit. God's not a quitter. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and ask, am I really in the image of God or am I just a quitter? Oh, that's harsh. Do I quit? Well, then you're a quitter. But you don't have to stay there. God is the God of the second chance. I'm just blunt, brother. God is the God of the second chance. You can look throughout the word and we'll just use Peter. Peter denied him three times, but Peter wrote books in the New Testament because Peter got it right. And God is a forgiving God. How about you? Do you hold grudges? 
Do you remember what somebody said to you three years ago at Thanksgiving dinner? Or have you forgotten and forgiven them so Jesus can forgive you also? God is a success. He is successful. In fact, everything that he wants to do, he gets her done. <laughs> Brother Jeff, when he wants to put somebody in the White House, he doesn't even need a majority vote. He just gets her done. And he didn't ask your opinion, did he? How that ha- I don't know. But I think God had something to do with it. He's a success. That's why I had you turn to one another and say, you're looking successful this morning. God is dynamic. He's not static. He's always moving forward. And you need to be moving forward in your walk with God every single day, dynamic and successful. What's the next pay grade on your job? That's where you need to be looking. What do I need to get there? Well, you, you need to have a bachelor's. Go get one. It's not impossible. I'm three classes away from doing it. You can do it. Don't tell me, well, I, I can't. You can do it if you want to. If you want to play saxophone, you can do it. If you want a bachelor's, you can't. Oh, it's hard. That's why they call it a bachelor. You're all alone out there getting her done. You're sitting. You're sitting at the computer. You're going through the online class. If that, if you're working, that's what you do. And I did it for a long time. Now I can sit at home and just pour myself into it. But I did it for years. Working 40 hours a week. Driving nearly an hour each way to work. Coming home and burying myself in the books. Because I wanted to know more about the God I serve. Somebody give God praise. God is not a man. That's scriptural. He's not a man. He doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. Sister Shannon, you're not a mistake. You're on, you're a, on purpose. When you look in the mirror, you need to see the image of God. Not in the wrinkles and the glasses and the gray hairs. And Oh, you'd say, well, that's not me. Well, it's going to be you. If you're lucky, it's going to be you. If you're lucky, you'll get fat like me, gray hair and everything, if you're lucky. But what is the image of God in his own image? Successful, vital, telling the truth. You are moral individuals. God gave you something called a moral compass. You can know when it's right. You can know when it's wrong. Here's something that, that Adam didn't even have. He just was completely innocent. But when he ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, he got that moral compass. But he chose to do wrong. But you and I have something Adam didn't have, and that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have a brand new 
creature. You're a brand new creature in Christ and you have a new nature. Oh, the old fallen nature is there if you want to follow it. You can go with the carnal nature if you want. Or you can grab a hold of the nature God has given you and walk and talk like Jesus Christ with confidence, success, being dynamic, telling the truth and living for God. A moral compass. There's some, There's one other thing just flashed through my mind. I want to give it to you. I don't, want to, I don't want to be on my way home and think about it. You're the only creature that God made that is a critical thinker. You can actually plan on the future. Think of the smartest animal. We're not animals, by the way. We're not. Let's just say, let, let, let me spare your, your brain right here and just say, we'll say porpoise. Porpoise can be trained to do diving, to disarm bombs and all this sort of stuff and detect it down in the ocean. But here's something about a porpoise. He can be trained, but he's not planning his retirement. He's living the moment. That's all he's got. Fido, I love dogs, so, so don't write me any, any kind of dog hate mail. I've got dogs. But dogs don't plan retirement. They don't plan on what they're going to do tomorrow. They're living the moment. Dogs love you, and I love my dog, but they love you because you take care of them. The human being has the ability to love someone who is unlovely. You can love your enemy. You can love your next door neighbor. The ones that are giving you trouble. The one that their cheese has slid completely off the cracker. You can choose to love them. Give God praise this morning. God loves you while you were yet unlovely, while you were a sinner away from God, an enemy of God. God loves you. And today you can choose to love people who would do you harm or do you wrong, criticize you, talk behind your back at work, say things that demean you. You can choose to love them and not slide into a morass of depression. You're created in his image. From now on, when you look in the mirror, I want you to look at responsibility. I have a responsibility. I've been given all these things. I can be a success. Anything that God puts on my heart, God, listen closely. Anything that God puts on my heart, I will be successful at. The least of my worries is having a Maserati. I'm not going to pray for one of those. I'm not going to work toward one of those. I'll get one of those later. I'll probably get one that flies. 
I'm not all about material. Believe me, I'm not one of those prosperity teachers, you name it and claim it. But I do believe in living the image of God. I do believe in being holy and separated, walking separate from the world, in the world, but not of the world. You have the moral compass. You can live a holy life through Jesus Christ. You can be a success. You can be dynamic. You can love the unlovely and have communion with your brothers and sisters. Would you stand with me this morning in the house of the Lord? Created in the image of God. Don't ever, don't ever look at God as some still picture in your hallway lobby or in your room that you've hung on the wall. Some olive-skinned gentleman with long hair, as fine of an artist as he may have been and as close as he may have got the image of Jesus. That's not the total image of God. I'm talking about the Father. How big is your God? And when you look in the mirror, how big is your vision? How big is your vision? I'm not talking about making six figures. Forget that. You can be as successful as God wants you to be if you just do what God would want you to do. I worked with my hands all of my life. You say, well, you should have worked with your mind. Well, that's, that's your deal. I worked with my hands all of my life. I'm, I was a machinist. New mathematics, geometry, tricking all, the, all that junk. And most of it just came natural. I didn't even have to think about it, especially with the advent of computers and calculators. I didn't even have to get out a piece of paper anymore. But I wouldn't have done anything different in my life other than maybe obey the Lord somehow, some way, in some manner, just a little bit closer. But I have no regrets. I, didn't, I don't have any regrets about all the tithes that I have paid, my wife and I have paid all of our lives. No regrets. Because when I retired and before I retired, I've told you this, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, you can do this. You can do this. The house was paid off. Now, it's not some mansion silhouetted on a hillside, but that sticks of lumber on that little postage stamp of property is mine. You can do it. Put God first. Tell the truth. Be real with one another and love one another. Walk with God and reflect his image as though you are a mirror. When you rise in the morning and you see that droopy-eyed, bushy hair that, that you haven't had your coffee look, stare right back in the mirror and say, I am a success. I've been created in the image of God. I don't have to be bound by addiction. I don't have to give in to depression. I no longer have to go there. And now that you're created in the image of God, if you'll receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can be a child of God. You are unlimited in your potential. And I don't know where we get the idea that somehow being a Christian means that, that, that we're, 
we have to walk around looking down at the floor. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. While other people are out there wasting their lives, rioting and parading around with signs in your hands, Look up to the Lord Jesus Christ and thank Him. He's got everything under control. And tomorrow everything is going to be all right. Because I have been created in the image of God. I am what He meant for me to be. I'm right where He wants to be. And all the shame, chains and the shackles will fall away. When you look to the Lord Jesus Christ and become what God has made you to become. Oh, thank you. Turn your neighbor, shake a successful person's hand. Find somebody and shake their hand. I just wanted to shake a success. I wanted to share in that this morning. I wanted to shake the hand of somebody created in the image of God. Oh, not three still pictures, but a perichoretic dance of love going on all the time. Pastor Jeff, I love you. And as your dad would say, there's nothing you can do about it. Now, how do you feel? Give the Lord praise this morning. I believe Sister Jen had to go. She had, she had an appointment last night with that white thing in the bathroom. And she came in here and did her job. Amen. Don't forget that. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. You've been given an assignment by God. Amen. And if you want to be and reflect the image, you take your assignment seriously. Yes, amen. One point in my young ministry... I was to preach a district meeting. That's, you know, the big thing. And I got, you know, I love to preach. And I was going to preach this district meeting. And that day, I had a fever of 103. And I'm a diabetic. So there's all kinds of things going on. You you know anything about it? There's all kinds of things going on. I called a a fellow pastor and I said, could you preach for me tonight? I'm really sick. No, I don't have anything ready. Come on, man. How long have you been a minister and you haven't got anything in the can? You haven't got something ready? You can't release what God has given you? I didn't say all that, but it's the truth. Come on, man. I ended up preaching that meeting and the power of God fell. It was 104 when I got done. And, and you know what? I'd do it again. If I had the physical ability at my, I'd do it again. Why? Because that was my job. My job now, Sister Liz, is to be in the image of God and to reflect his glory, to tell Shannon the truth always, to share my love with my brothers and my sisters to be a success as everything that God has given me to be and apply his word and to be happy. I'm a happy man. Doesn't take much to be, but I have Christ in my heart. 
And if I want, there's a taco waiting for me after service. There's nothing to be unhappy about. 